Now, what's the main subject we've been talking about? Living what? From the inside out, right? Rather than the outside in. Uh, has that been making any difference? How, how many of you have had some changes happen in your life? From, I can tell you I have. Okay, a few of you have. Okay, more. I think you're going to see a lot more coming up as we go forward in this. And I want to measure what God's doing. I want to see what he's doing because I think it's extremely important. But it's opposite of the way we've walked and we've understood the kingdom a long time. For a long time. We kind of think of the kingdom as somewhere out here. It's something that out there that we've got to go get and got to grab. But that's not what the scriptures say. Luke 17, 20 says this. I get my computer to work. Once, having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, The kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation, nor will people say, Here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom dwells within you. So an idea of always trying to get more God in you isn't really the, the question. It's how we get more God out of you. You know, if we live from the inside out, then we're living by kingdom principles. If we're living by the outside in, we're living by kingdom of the world principles. That is probably the easiest way to, to quickly define the two. We want to be people that live by the kingdom of God. We want the kingdom that has been in us to be empower us and to uh, go up there. Uh, we have gone through several different scriptures about God being in you. I'm just going to I'm just going to pick one of them here. Colossians two nine through twelve. And I want you guys to read this loud because. The purpose of this, of course, is that we begin to really believe what the scriptures say. I mean, most of us, when we started, didn't really, you know, we kind of got the idea that God lives within us because the Bible says so. But the kingdom, that it is the holy temple of the kingdom, this is where God dwells, this is his living place, being in us, is a kind of a different concept for most people. Not that one, the actual scripture. Uh, Colossians 2, 9 through 12. Find it yet. There it is, number six. Okay, so read this out loud with me, guys, okay? For in Christ, come on, guys, a little bit more. For in Christ, the fullness of deity lives in bodily form, and you have given fullness in Christ who is the head of every power and authority. In him you are also circumcised in putting off the sinful nature, not with circumcision done by the hand of men, but circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with him and baptized and raised with him through faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. So the fullness of Christ who is the head over every power and authority. And in him we are also circumcised. We have been given that fullness. We have been given that power. We have been given that authority. And we have to continually remind that. You know, one thing that the enemy's plan is, what God's word is extremely powerful. It says it's sharper than a double-edged sword. It goes all the way through. But what happens with the enemy 
It's kind of like what you see on TV. You hear a lie over and over and over again, you begin to believe it. But the truth is always the truth whether you feel like it or not. So you have to begin to declare some of these things in your life to be able to see some of these things in your life. Because as soon as you get an understanding of it, as soon as you begin to believe this thing, the enemy comes on you and slimes you with 50,000 times telling you, this is not true, you don't feel this way, this is not that, this is not this. But the truth is, his word is powerful. And the things are done that are said if you choose to believe so. Now, I'm going to kind of take it, go ahead and put that chart up for a second. And I, I'm going to I'm going to deal with uh, with all the gates. Uh, uh, back off to the one that has all the the spiritual gates, the reverence, faith, and all that. Okay, yeah, that's the one. No, back down, back down. The one that just shows the uh, the reverence, faith, and all that. I don't want everybody distracted with the other one. Now, what I want to talk to you about. Is it on a different level so I can kind of put it into a, a different perspective for us? You know, we talked about last week, we talked about, uh, uh, you know, the week, a couple of weeks ago we talked about first love and we talked about the enemy's plan by having you hurt and having you rejected and making inner vows and promises never, ever, ever again to trust and love and feel and all those different things. And we told you, I told you that was a plan of the enemy. That was a plan of the enemy to close off that gate of the first love of God, so he would not fill, so he, so he would not fill your spirit man. If this door is closed right here, the first love, then the presence of God is not dwelling in your spirit. So, and he does that by messing around with, with you, uh, by taking away your hope, by causing you to make vows and close yourself off. Because, you know, Jesus is at that door and knocks, isn't he? He's out there and he wants to come in. Come into that spirit man. Oops, where's that thing working now? I love this thing that works half the time. But, but, he's, but he wants to come in there. No, it's not working right. Uh, and have dominion in that particular area. And that whole spiritual man there, he wants to come in there. And we talked about a couple weeks ago, we talked about the gate of hope. Uh, and, what, and lift that up a little bit. I want to see below that. Oh, there we go. Go up farther. Father, okay. Uh, so uh, the other gates with it, and that was dealing with the mind and emotions and the different things of our subconscious and stuff. Because what happens is if you don't have a hope in God being a good God, you can't really have his spirit to come into you in the full way into your uh, soul. And so hope was the first one we looked at. And we talked about that the first thing that I find, and any of you have prayed for people, that's the thing that's lost the quickest, people's hope. They lose hope. Because the enemy does full battle with those first two gates right away. The first love, God doesn't really love you. God's not really that good. God really doesn't care for you. Those lies. And that you can hope in God. Now, I want to talk about the other. And I want to look at this whole thing in here, and I want to look at it as if it was with uh, a boyfriend and girlfriend or a husband and wife. Because that's the analogy that Paul often gives in there. He says the secret of marriage is, is like the secret between Christ and the church. I want to talk about that and talk, talk about the, how hope works with that and how some of these different gates work with that. And then we'll go through the biblical part of it. But this, this thing, this particular area, uh, if, if you, if, let's say if you have a relationship, let's, let's, let's start with the first step. A lot of you are single. It was not intended for you to be single. 
And it says it's not good for man to be alone. You're supposed to be married, most every one of you. There are some of you who are called not to be married. Why aren't you married? I don't know. There are some reasons. One of the reasons is that hope has got messed up. Or you were hurt in the past and you closed things off. I want to put it in these particular type terms. It's because God made us in his image. And he made us to be the bride of Christ. He made us to have a relationship. And he calls himself the person of Christ. And he calls and wants us to deal with him as as God, but also as in a relationship rather than a list of rules and regulations. Now, I'm going to take all these different gates here, and I'm going to turn them into gates that you can maybe more recognize. Okay, the hope one is pretty easy to see. You know, you have to hope, you have to have hope that there is someone for you out there somewhere. Otherwise, you're going to close off. You have to have some type of hope in that, okay? You have to have faith when you meet that person that that person is a good person, right? Don't you have to really believe that they actually like you? Nevertheless, hopefully love you if you're going to marry them. You have to hope, they have to have faith in a sense of way that they want good for you and that a relationship with them will bring abundance in your life. Right? How much difference do you think that is with God? Only much more, obviously. But you have to have faith, first of all, that God is a very good God. You have to believe that he's for you and loves you. And that by submitting your life, just as like why people don't have marriages so often, because they're afraid if they submit themselves into a covenant with a mate, that it may not go as well as they hope. And we have a lot of track records out in the world, including me in the past, that it doesn't always work out that well. But if I approach a relationship with my wife that it isn't going to work out real well, guess what? It won't work out real well. I have to have faith to have a relationship. And I have to have faith to have a relationship with God. That faith, along with hope, opens up that door as well. That faith in God being good and loving me opens up that door that his presence can fill my spirit man. That faith is absolutely necessary. It says without faith it's impossible to please God. And I'll tell you what, without faith in your mate, it's impossible to please them either. Relationship. So here we go. We have this faith thing. How about worship? What do you think that would be in, 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 in the realm of a human being? What's worship? What is worship, first of all? Adoration. What else? Just speak it out. In a one or two word sentence, though. Yeah, it's worth. That's awe. Worth. What else? Praise. What? Glorifying God. Love for Him. Huh? Thank you. Being thankful. Sacrifice. What else? Bowing down. Yeah, that's actually what the word kind of means. Which means kind of a reverence. But uh, it's an expression, attitude of the mind or body, adoration, obedience, or service, uh, giving of our all, time, gifts, lovemaking with God. 
Do we worship in relationship? Yeah. Do you, do I admire my wife? Yeah. Do I find her beautiful? Do I tell her so? I mean, how about when you're worshiping? Oh God, you're so beautiful. Same type of thing. Now obviously, and don't get me wrong, for God is God first before a mate or anything else. But I'm trying to get you to think of this relationship with God in a different way. A living relationship. And if we can get the living relationship on one side or the other, we'll get the other. If I can understand it, God makes me much more able to have a relationship with a wife. And I can understand a wife, it also makes it much more easily to understand a relationship with God. They kind of work together. So worship, when we're talking about relationship, is adoration, lovemaking, caring, uh, doing things for awe, giving gifts, since we talked about the other. All these different things are uh, different type of, we call it worship in this relationship. All these are different types of uh, worship. Now with God, of course, it's a lot more. With God, it's a lot more. It's really a bowing down into him. Uh, Worship with God is something that uh, uh, that we have to kind of lay our lives down in a way to do. That we see God as the number one, the Lord of our life, center focus. Because with 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 God, it's all about Him. It's kind of like we talked about earlier with on with the gates. If they're defiled, they're world bound, enemy bound. If they're sanctified, they're God-bound. If, if, that, if that gate uh, is heavenly-bound, the worship for God flows very easily, and also for your mate. What do you think reverence is? Do you think that's found in a relationship? Do you have to have reverence? Do you have to have respect? Reverence is what? Uh, respect, awe, putting on things? That's pretty much what it is. Matter of fact, you take reverence and the fear of God, they're both really the same. Because if you put it under reverence, you're going to have if you look it up in the dictionary, you're going to have awe or fear of God when you look in a biblical dictionary. Those two really go together. What do you think prayer is? Huh? Communication. It's talking. Two-way talking. Not one way. If yours is a one-way... How many of you have been around a conversation with somebody that all they do is talk? How well do you like it? Since we're made in his image, how well do you think he likes it? I don't think he likes it. No. Matter of fact, uh, you know, the greater one should, uh, the lesser should be listening to the greater always. Relationship, a prayer. With a relationship, it's got to be a balanced relationship, a two-and-go conversation. With God, it's the same thing. When you're, when you're encouraged to pray... You're encouraged to have a conversation with God. A conversation with God. An ability to talk both ways. That conversation is also like the reverence, in a sense. A conversation, I mean, I can, I'll can. i give you an example with my wife. Sometimes we hang around in the house and we don't say anything for a long time together. When you first had a relationship with someone, that was almost impossible, wasn't it? You had to feel like you had to say something. You had to say something because that quiet was very, very uncomfortable. It made you very, very nervous when you're quiet. 
But as you developed a relationship with that person, you were able to be quiet with them because you just enjoyed being with them. You enjoyed their presence. You enjoyed just hanging out. You enjoyed listening to a song together, uh, uh, watching a movie together, uh, eating dinner together, all the different things together. So a lot of your conversation, if you're married, is just being around them. You enjoy it. And it is with any deep relationship. And as a matter of fact, I could almost say it's a signet mark of a deep relationship. To quiet, be able to be comfortable with them and not say anything. How much more with God? So if we're looking at this relationship, and we were looking about having a God consciousness in our soul, we're looking about operating in these things and opening up these gates for that to happen. Now, what happens Somebody says something to you and offends you. I'm not going to say anything. I'm really good at that one, you know. Uh, or if uh, uh, I'm offended from some other thing, I may not trust them anymore, hope anymore. Which All these things are closed. Now, we talked about what that meant to open those gates. You remember what we talked about, how you open the gates? Who can shoot some off? Hmm? Repentance, yeah. So forgiveness, repentance for ourselves. What else on the other side of repentance? Forgiveness. So the process of opening those particular gates in our life, that we would be able to have the presence of God flow through us, that we'd be able to feel Him, that actually one day we'll end up on the outside where somebody else will notice you're actually saved. <laughs> if I can say that, uh, is the process of all those gates being sanctified and opened up. And those things, you know, I, inner healing, uh, 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 counseling, all these different things is a very beneficial thing for the right purpose. Now, many of us, uh, I came from an extremely, extremely broken place. I mean, my wife does not want me to go how broken I was. So maybe I won't today. Okay. When I was a kid, I used to hang my teddy bear. Okay? That's pretty broken, isn't it? I, I find that seriously, seriously broken. You know, I did. I did it every day. I, I could do a hangsman noose better than anybody you have ever met. I can still do one that well. But I, something was the matter with me. I was just seriously broken. <laughs> I would beat him up on occasion, too. Who do you know that beats up a teddy bear? Me. I was broken. I didn't care about living a lot of different times in my life. I went through a lot of really, really hard times. I didn't get healed up by turning inward in the, in the regular sense. Remember the, what I said about the original thing of sin is, is in, introspection. Inter, in, introspection. I can't even say it today. And the idea is the first thing that happened when man sinned was they said, oh, I'm naked. They take, turn, instead of looking out, they began to look in. And when they found out, they didn't measure up. Now, if your life to get fixed is so you measure up, you're operating out of the kingdom of the world. It's an outward-in thing. But if your heart is to get fixed so you can worship God, then there's power in it. That's what mine was. I didn't really, I, one thing God blessed me with is not really worry about what other people think very much. So if somebody didn't like me, it was too bad, you know. You know, and there's limits to that. But that was basically the truth. So I wanted to fix those things because I wanted to feel the presence of God. I wanted to know the presence all the time. I didn't want a minute to go by where I don't feel his presence when I say, God. And I got that. Long time happening. 
I couldn't feel God for years. And I have friends that can't feel God. And it's hanging in there and doing it. But if you're trying to get fixed so you can be okay to someone else, it doesn't work very well. That's what the world does. That's what psychologists do all over the world. But if you're getting fixed is so you can, your hope, so you're no longer broken. Let's say, let's take on the first thing, the first love thing. So the vows you've had, the different hurts you've had, and the different brokenness. If yours is to remove and sanctify that gate and heal that gate up so you can have God's presence in your life, guess who blesses it? Because guess what kingdom you're working in? You're working in the kingdom of God. If you are going to get healed up so you will look better to your neighbor and no longer hang your teddy bear, uh, you're going to be in trouble. It's not going to have the same power. Will you get healed? Maybe over a long period of time. But if yours is to become more like him, and if yours is that you would have more faith because you've been disappointed in different things and your hope has been disappointed, if yours is to have more of that, you're operating in the right kingdom and God will bless it. And it will not take ever and ever. I don't know how many years it took me to, to get the major part of my healing was done in a matter of probably about 10 years or so. But it's a long time, maybe 15, I don't know. Uh, I've been around as a Christian a long time. <clears throat> but the, the, the gate was looking up, was not looking down. And then looking up caused me to focus in on God and him to fill my life. Now, if you take that same thing and, and your hope is to find the mate, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's God's intention. But it isn't going to have the same effect if it's about you, if it's about just feeling better. You know, God wants you to feel better. There's no question about it. He wants you to be content and happy. But he knows this, that if you're content in happiness and your hope is looking outward, your hope in a person, how you're seen, uh, uh, the, the, the favor you have with people, how you look, you'll continue to fail. Because what happens, you will judge your life based on how people respond to you. If your life is judged by how you respond to you, what happens if somebody has a bad day and they respond to you? You're going to be shipwrecked. What happens if something goes wrong and you're focused on that? Your life's going to be miserable. You're going to be on a roller coaster based upon whatever the enemy can throw at you or life itself can throw at you. And I don't know which does which. Whatever it is, it's going to be kind of rugged. But if your hope is in him and your faith is in him and everything you do is to bless those things, then it's going to be different. What else do we find in there? Forgiveness. In Matthew, um, Matthew eleven twelve so it says it, that. Let me read that one. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent men take it by force. So these gates and these areas in life are not something that's just going to happen. If you're waiting around for God to just come and drop in and fix you, you're going to wait a long time. How many of you know that God? has an army, that he's not a nursemaid? How well does it work when you whine to God? 
Have you ever noticed it really doesn't get answered? He's not a, the whining doesn't do, do anything. What he's looking for is people that will take action to do things, will bring things about. He's looking for a healthy army. He's work, looking for violent men that will take the kingdom. Well, what is the kingdom? What does it say? The kingdom is within us. And we have to be good with a little to be able to get the lot. And so if we can't deal with the different areas in our life and take back those areas in our life, then don't think you're going to get trusted with doing the church and the world. Because this isn't going to work. You have to be able to take those grounds. So how do you do it? We talked about quite a few things. Repentance, forgiving others. Because what if you made a vow or said, I'm not going to trust, or all those different things. What else was there? Come on, guys. Have you heard this before? Other than exercising faith and authority, what about blessing? What about taking and, and taking that particular gate, thinking of that gate as a literal door and covering it with blood? Don't think that doesn't work. It does work. Just because the enemy comes and messes you up and tells you it doesn't work, it does work. So it's covering with the blood, Okay. What about the other area? What did, what, did, what did our speaker last week say? Matter has memory. Remember that? How many was here last week? Matter has memory. You know what he said? He said that this floor, he didn't use that example, this machine, this metal, this ring, everything that's ever been said or seen around is recorded on it. How about inside you? What happens if those things that have happened, you've got to bless those things. That's why the blood of Jesus covers those areas. And then the next thing with that is pronouncing the dominion of that kingdom over those areas. So, let's say we're dealing with the worship. How we deal with worship? Come in, somebody steps on my toes. Somebody sends me a, gives me a phone call and says something really nasty to me. Or sends me a text message. Or somebody right next to you does something that hurts you. What do you do? You let that resonate there? Feel good? Feels good for a minute, doesn't it? <laughs> no good. You, you forgive them. You cover it with the blood. You ask the Lord to wash it and cleanse it. And then you ask that, that, that his kingdom be there. That his kingdom would reign there. We pronounce the king and, kingdom and dominion of God over those different areas. And what happens? That gate opens up. And it's no longer opened up because, remember, it's open one way or another. Either it's open to the kingdom of God or the kingdom of hell. And if it's the kingdom of hell, that's, that, that meant the defilement rest, the, the hurt, the rejection, the things that were said, the bad things that happened, stay in remembrance, and that's defiled. And it will not open up to God. It will be shut, closed. But if you sanctify it, it will be opened up to God. And what happens? God flows from the first love into the uh, spirit man. And with your faith and reverence and conversation with him, it flows to our soul. Our soul is the thing that makes the decisions in our life. Soul, mind, heart, whatever way you want to say it in the Bible, says a bunch of different ways, is the kind of processing center that decides what we're going to do. It says, okay, I'm going to listen to the world, I'm going to listen to God. It makes those choices. If it's been influenced mostly by the world, it's going to do what? It's going to say, I'm going, to, I'm going to believe what I see and what I hear 
and what I worry about. If it's been influenced because the spirit man has made it holy in there, then it's going to hear holy things. All dependent upon how it's been opened up to. The soul is where the demons hang out. If you've got a demon, most likely it's there. If you're really in trouble, it's in the spirit man. A little bit more difficult to get out. That comes out by prayer and fasting. But the, but the soul is the place where the demonic realms hang out. And they may hang out at those gates there because that's an area of influence. Remember, that's the area of dominion. But you might find them hanging out there in your faith thing and, and, and shipwrecking you every time that you begin to believe. Now, what do you believe in? What's your faith in always? Remember what we said? It's the same as hope. Faith is always in one thing. It's in God. Right? It's always in God. Sucker punch of the enemy always is the same thing. To get you to hope and to have faith in anything else but God. It could be in what he said he's going to do. It could be in a promise that he's made you. It could be in anything. If he can't get you to have faith in him, the enemy, then he's going to get you, he's going to get you sidetracked by having faith in something God said. You know, God promised you this, promised you that, and you have faith in that, your hopes in that, and that thing goes up and down with life, then your faith's going to go up and down with life. But it's an unshakable faith if you have it in Him alone. Now, if you have your hope and faith in God, then there is nothing that can shake you. Why? Because it can kill you, and you still have hope in God. There's nothing that can happen. That can take you out because your hope's in the right thing. That's what you, you were designed to have hope in one thing. Remember it says he's the God of hope. And it's without faith it's impossible to please God. So we're, the faith is only in him. Never in the things he does. Never in the promises he's made. Only in him. If you hear anything I say around this church, that one. That one cost me a lot to learn. A lot. More than I ever want to pay again. But I learned faith in him. Otherwise, you'll have, how many of you have had friends, or maybe in your own life, have been all over the place. God didn't do what he promised. He disappointed me, this, that, and the other. Those were all based upon their having faith in a hope uh, other than Christ. They hoped in what they think he said or what they thought he said. Lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. Why does it say that? Because we get it wrong. I mean, the, the, the apostles got it wrong. They didn't think they'd even be ever, but the, before they died, they thought Jesus is going to be back taking the second coming all over. They got it wrong. They were with him. They know a lot more than we do. They got it wrong. We can get it wrong. That's an example for us that we can get it wrong. Don't depend upon what you think. Depend upon him. So, you have that depend upon him. And those areas get healed, and guess what? You'll get married. <laughs> That's the truth. That is the truth. As you get healed up in those different areas in your life, God can bring someone in your life that you won't kill. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it really comes down to or destroy. You know, a lot of times I see a lot of people, and they, they, they think that, you know, well, God's not giving me this and that. You know, God's a lot stronger than the enemy. If you don't have it, most likely it's because something God's working on you with, whether it's a mate or anything else. It's usually something in you that he's working on, some area. Not always. The enemy is in there and he does block things. 
And I don't know when, it's pretty hard to tell the difference. But I gotta say about 95% of the time, it's you. You know? And what is it is? It's because of his love for us that he wants us to have whole, that we would be a mutual blessing to other people. Well, the first one we ought to learn to be a mutual blessing with is the Lord. That's the first one. If we get that right, it's going to be a lot easier for to have the other one. You know, because I haven't seen it around here, but Karen and I have noted over the years, people usually get married around us. <laughs> to our big surprise. Because if you've ever been around us very long, if we disagree with each other, we're going to say so right there. If you're there or not, it doesn't matter. We're going to say it in the same way we say if it was in private. Just do it. That's who we are. So we're rather surprised very often somebody else would want to be married. Because if they've ever heard us, we have an argument now and then. We don't care. We just, we just do it. You know, uh, but we have a good relationship. I can trust her. I have faith in her. I have hope in her. I worship her. <laughs> in the good sense. Obviously, it's God first. But I have all those sayings for her. And, and those didn't come easy. I actually wasn't in perfect shape when I married her, nor am I now. And so all those areas aren't going to have to be fixed in you. But a few of those gates have to be open for you to be able to have that. The same way, a few of the gates have to be open that you have all people into your life and relationship and have a two-way relationship. And God will take the time and heal through marriage. And the reason a lot of marriages don't make it because that's the way God heals us up and teaches us. And they abort the course before it's done, because it is, if, if you've ever been married, it can, be, it can be a little rough. You know, I can get away with who I am in front of you, because you aren't around me all the time. I can't with her, you know. And same with you with someone else. If you're in with them all the time, you know, they see who you really are. They see your shortcomings, and we all have them. But we learn to have a forbearance for one another. But that takes some time and healing. God wants that healing. He wants that relationship with you to be whole. And he wants you to have a relationship with someone else. He wants you to be happily married. He really does. That is his intention from the very beginning. He's the one that said it's not good the man be alone. Not you. It was him. It was him that said that it was a good thing, marriage. And he says only a few of you are called to be celibate. That means if you think about the other, the opposite sex, more than once in your life, you're probably not called to be single. You're probably called to be married. But marriage is a way of learning about God, and that's why I picked on this. Because if you can see God as a person in a relationship, then you'll stop call, talking to him to death and making your list of, I want this, that, and the other. It's not wrong to do that, but if that's your only conversation, you're in trouble. If your only conversation is what you want from them, that that person of God, I don't think, feels too good about that relationship. He wants you to just love him for love him. Don't you like to be loved just for love? Don't you like to be valued just for who you are? So does he. Because he values you for just who you are. He loves you just as you are. Hard concept for us to understand. Because we're not like that yet. You know, I'll be good to you if you're good to me. That's the way it works. Well, it, it's, it's got to change. God has plans for it to change. But it happens by learning these things. You have to physically determine. Divide it, take it by force. You have to be intentional about these areas in your life. They will not change. 
sitting there. They will not. I promise you, they will not. You'll be the same sitting on that chair 30 years from now as you are today unless you take the route to have those things change. Unless you purpose in your heart that you want more. It'll be the same. That's why I can see people I've seen 20 and 30 years later and they're exactly the same place. And I don't mean one or two. I've seen a lot of people that way. They're exactly the same place I saw them 30 years ago. Why? Because they have not taken the steps to do it. So you have to sit there and let's talk about worship. You come next Sunday. You, you, you walk through that thing of purposely sanctifying uh, that area in your life. Asking God to forgive of worshiping other things. Forgive being caught up in that other person that you might like. Or this, that, or other. Whatever God. You know, God's whatever captures your heart. That's what God is. That's false idols before him. Whatever it is. It could be, it could be the, the greatest movie deal if you're a movie person. Or it could be the ultimate job or the ultimate amount of money or ultimate anything. That's your God. All you have to do is say, forgive me, messed up on it. There's only one God, it's you. And I believe you're a good God. Seek you first and your righteousness and you're going to give me all the other stuff as well. So go for that. So just ask them to sanctify that. Ask them to forgive you for that. Ask them that the dominion and that particular gate in your life of worship and honoring him would be there. And that he would help you this moment to do that. And if you do that, that gate will begin to open up. Promise. And same with every other area that we're talking about there. The hope. Choose to hope. Choose to believe. Even though it doesn't feel accurate. Doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel like, you know, the enemy's going to say, oh. God does not ever call you to do something that he hasn't given you the power to do. He's called you to have faith and hope in him. He's given you the power to do it, though it may not feel that way. Feeling is junk. A lot of the time. Not always. The truth is the truth, not the feelings. So you have to just choose to say, I'm going to trust that you're a good God. I'm going to trust that you do this. And begin to walk in that, and you will be in that light. Choose to walk in it. But it's, it's these things. And why I've spent, and I, and I probably won't spend any more on this. I might mention it next week a little bit. But because if you get the spirit man into your spirit, and from there into your soul, the soul will dictate what the body will do. The soul will dictate what it looks at. The soul will say, okay, I'm looking for this in life. I want to hear this. I choose to not hear this negative word about somebody. I may take those feet of mine and walk in a different direction. I choose to see the good in that person. I choose to speak the good about the person. What is that a representative of? The soul being filled with the whole Spirit of God and being controlled by the Spirit. Because that soul is the implementer. It's the one who decides what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. If it's filled with the kingdom, you're going to do kingdom stuff. If it's filled with the world, you'll be doing world stuff. So, Father, I ask you to bless them that this word would go into them. I ask you to throw out any part that may be inaccurate, but the parts that are true and the parts that are of you. I ask you to instill in their very being that they would have the hope of glory, which is you. That they would have the hope of seeing your kingdom come in power in their lives as well as everyone else. Lord, let that, your kingdom come in there. And let your will be done in every gate in their life. And fill them so full with your presence by flowing through them. 
through every area of their life, that they would have the joy of the acceptance and the love and forgiveness that comes only by you. Empower them for this walk. Cause them every day to talk to you. Cause them every day to call on your name. Cause them every day to focus on you. Let you be the focus of their life. Let every gate open to you. That you would open to everything else. We bless you and we honor you. Amen.